When it comes to maximizing time in the uplands, without fail, Onyx Hunt is my most valuable tool. From planning my next hunt through a new bird cover to navigating in the field, Onyx Hunt is truly with me wherever I go. With detailed mapping and satellite imagery, along with a multitude of map layers from land access to forestry and habitat information and easy-to-use tools to mark, measure, and catalog important information, Onyx Hunt seamlessly integrates digital scouting with boots-on-the-ground time in the field. With offline mapping and Apple CarPlay integration, you are free to explore the wild landscapes our beloved upland birds inhabit. Planning your next move in the uplands begins with knowing where you stand, and for me, that starts and stops with Onyx Hunt. Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your Onyx Hunt subscription. When the miles rack up faster than your flush count, that's when you'll truly appreciate your hunting vest from Final Rise. Built for the uplands and proudly sewn in the USA, the complete lineup of hunting vests from Final Rise, from their all-new Summit XT down to the minimalist Sidekick system, are all built upon the foundational load-bearing waist belt and low-profile shoulder strap system, which allow you to carry all the gear you need and do so comfortably while maintaining your ability to move freely and perform when you need to most. With a complete lineup of accessories and newly released performance field apparel, Final Rise has the gear you need to help you get the most out of every mile and every flush. Final Rise gear is built for the uplands. Get yours today at FinalRise.com. This is the Project Upland Podcast, presented by Onyx Hunt. Today we're talking new hunter education with Mark Norquist from Modern Carnivore. Welcome to the show for episode number 122. Project Upland Podcast is presented by Onyx Hunt, creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping system for hunters. Use the promo code PUP20 to save 20% on your Onyx Hunt subscription today. And by Yukonuba Premium Performance Dog Food. If you want to get the most out of your dog, you need nutrition that holds nothing back. To help unleash your dog's maximum potential, check out the new Yukonuba Premium Performance lineup at yukonubasportingdog.com. And by CZUSA Shotguns. Shotguns designed with the Upland Hunter in mind, from the Bob White and Sharptail side-by-sides to the Upland Ultralight and Wing Shooter Elite over and unders. They've got pumps, they've got semi-autos. CZ USA has a shotgun for you. To learn more, head over to cz-usa.com. And by Gumleaf USA, high-quality, handcrafted, premium rubber boots that stand the test of time. Head over to gumleafusa.com and use the promo code PUP10 to save 10% on your next pair of boots. And by Dr. Callers, for over 30 years, Dr. has collaborated with industry professionals to create class-leading tools for e-collar training, GPS tracking, and more to support bird dog owners in developing top-notch dogs. To learn more about Dr. products, head over to dogtra.com. 
and by ESP electronic shooters protection, custom mold, custom fit, hearing protection for hunting and shooting. Learn more at ESPAmerica.com. And we're welcoming back as a podcast partner, Sage and Breaker, some of the best gun cleaning tools, accessories, kits you can buy. I've had a Sage and Breaker Boar Snake and their Sage and Breaker gun cleaning mat for the past three or four years. Love their products and super excited to have them back on board as a podcast partner. We'll be talking to Sage and Breaker soon. For now, head over to sageandbreaker.com to check out all their products. And by Trinity Kennels, home of the Epignol Breton, French Brittany Spaniels from Champion Bloodlines, field tested and family approved for over 30 years. If you want to learn more about Trinity Kennels, check out Project Upland Podcast number 88 or head over to trinitykennels.org. And finally by Dakota 283 Kennels, unparalleled protection, one-piece rotomold design, frame steel door, everything you and your dog need in a kennel for a safe and successful hunting trip. I'm pumped next week. I'm heading to South Dakota to meet up with Greg Cronkite, owner of Dakota 283. We're going to chase some birds, probably talk kennels, probably do a podcast. Very much looking forward to that trip. And I encourage you to head over to Dakota283.com. Check out the newly designed website and the same high-quality kennels at Dakota283.com. All right, this week's winner of the podcast giveaway is Adam. And Adam sent me an email, some feedback on the podcast. He sent me a picture of one of the cutest darn French Britneys I've seen on point and his first bird shot over the dog. We exchanged a few emails, talking hunting tactics, woodcock migration a little bit. Appreciate it, Adam. Project Up and T-shirt headed your way very soon. Anybody listening could be next week's winner of the podcast giveaway. All you have to do is make a meaningful contribution to the show. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review in your podcast app. We love those. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast. Send us some feedback or a guest suggestion. We do love to hear from our listeners. You can email me at nick.larson at northwoodscollective.com. Okay, we're jumping in today with Mark Norquist of Modern Carnivore. Modern Carnivore is a media platform built around the education and mentorship of new hunters, specifically adult hunters. And I was really excited to chat with Mark about some of the things they are doing in the upland space. We get a lot of emails from folks that are diving into upland hunting for the first time. They get information from this podcast. And I think Mark Norquist and the Modern Carnivore platform is something that could absolutely be valuable to the people that we hear from at Project Upland. So with that said, let's get right into today's show and welcome into the conversation and onto the Project Upland podcast from Modern Carnivore, Mark Norquist. And we are rolling. Mark Norquist, thank you for joining me today. Welcome to the Project Upland podcast. How are you, man? Doing great, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. It's it's my pleasure to have you on the show. I've been looking forward to this interview specifically. You know, actually, I'll bring up. I've I've received. I guess it's it's the time of year. A lot of people are thinking about upland bird hunting, and I've actually been receiving quite a few emails lately about people going out shooting their first grouse, chasing upland birds for the first time. Ask you know, seeking more information, looking for a new hunter focused podcast and Mark, you and I had been messaging back and forth a little bit and it just, it made really good sense to bring you on the show and listeners are definitely going to find out why that is as we get into our conversation today. But 
I know you're in Minnesota and we are a couple of days away from the deer opener. So would it be reasonable to assume that's what is on your to-do list this week, Mark? <laughs> that it is. I will be, uh, once, once we finish recording this podcast, I'm loading up the truck and heading north. Awesome. Heading to deer camp. That used to be, I'm almost ashamed to say it a little bit, but I've my things have changed for me a little bit. It used to be a Minnesota deer opener was, you know, bullseye on my calendar all year. Now I've so the last five or so years I have a family cabin in Wisconsin and I have kind of switched around my deer hunting a little bit and I've been hunting over there because it effectively extends my bird hunting season and as as avid rough grouse hunters know if you if the conditions play out right early november can be uh can be pretty good grouse hunting so i kind of i kind of get the best of both worlds i think in in that sense so i won't be at deer camp this week but i always i still have uh, quite the fondness for the folks heading up there and i will say that my where i live my house in the city of duluth i'm on this travel corridor where i don't see bucks all year long but this time of year they come cruising through and it's been a crazy three days i have had three to four ridiculous bucks in my in my yard including this morning i had a big eight pointer come through chasing three does so uh they're they're moving mark yeah they they are it's funny you say that this uh the last week and a half in our neighborhood i've got everybody texting photos and videos <laughs> of i had i had an eight point rutting in my yard the other nice. day but we've got a couple 10 pointers in the area that are some of the biggest bucks that most of us have ever seen and so everybody's everybody's pretty excited for this opener yeah for sure well on that note mark i'll let you introduce yourself a little bit just tell us tell us where you are where you're located and tell us at a high level what modern carnivore is and just let us know your involvement and then we'll dive a lot deeper into it sure sounds good so uh i'm based here in minnesota just like you, uh, but I'm yep. down in the uh, Twin Cities area, so out in Minnetonka. And uh, Modern Carnivore is uh, a platform, a digital platform I created almost 10 years ago that was um, originated as, as a way to connect more people with responsibly sourcing their own food. So in other words, we start a conversation about really good food and what that looks like. And obviously, as you know, that's been really popular in, in for many years when people are eating local and organic and things like that. And I looked at that as an opportunity to really initiate a conversation around what that really means and to then steer more people into the idea of learning to hunt, fish, forage, and really uh, tap into a lifestyle that's more connected to the wild places we have, yep. and uh, and and having having a lot of fun out there, and and really being uh, responsible and 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 uh, in, in how they eat. So that's that's the genesis of it. And uh, and so since then we've done a lot of different things. You know, we do a lot of focus on. Uh, digital video and film. We have a couple podcasts, uh, and then this, earlier this year we we launched a learning platform, which is which is a big focus of what we're doing. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about the Learn to Hunt platform, the Hunting Camp Live. We're going to dive into that stuff uh, pretty deeply. But again, ten years it's not it's not like you started this thing yesterday. You've been working at it for a while. But where where did the inspiration come from and what i really want to get at is how did the outdoors specifically hunting come into your life mark 
Yeah, really good question. Um, and that gets to the to the essence of what it is. So yeah. you know, in in about a month and a half, I, I hit a big milestone birthday. Uh, I'll actually be fifty, and uh, which is hard to believe because I still think <laughs> of myself as a as a twenty two year old. <laughs> but um, the essence of it is, I grew up hunting, fishing, doing all the outdoor things. So I grew up up, up in northern Minnesota in okay. the Northwoods, like to say I'm a Jack Pine Savage, where I uh, love it. <laughs> how, I, how I grew up. I've been uh, called that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> that's wear it proudly. Uh, you know, I've now lived in a metropolitan area for you know twenty five some years, yeah. and um, and and I enjoy all aspects of, of that lifestyle. But I have to be connected to the outdoors, and so, you know, when I when I started years ago looking at the data that showed, uh, you know, a decline in participation of hunting activities. And then saw I was doing a lot of work. My professionally, I've always worked in marketing and media. And so, like I say, about ten years ago, I was actually I was out at a I was out at a conference in California called Expo West, and it is this uh, organic and natural foods conference. I was doing a lot of work with organic and natural food companies at this time, and. I started looking around on the show floor of this big conference, and there were about 3,000 vendors there who had everything from big brands like General Mills and others to Organic Valley, and then up-and-comers like Epic Bar, which General Mills ended up buying, mm. which has a, a protein bar made out of bison. And um, that was... Uh, I looked at that as as a as an anomaly and started looking at all of the companies there and saw a general theme which was grain, fruit, vegetable based products and actually a bit of a sort of non meat theme there, which I personally disagreed with. And I said, you know what, I think there's an opportunity here to connect people to hunting fishing, foraging activities, this outdoor lifestyle, because of their passion around really good food. Because, you know, as you and I know, and and your listeners, there's nothing better than wild game when it comes to putting something on your table. And so, you know, that's the practical side of it. And sort of the emotional side of it, or spiritual side of it, is I believe in my heart that People who connect to the outdoors through these activities like hunting are healthier and more responsible to what happens in our natural ecosystems. And I want those traditions to live on. And so I'm very passionate about uh, carrying that flag and wanting to make sure we get as many people into uh, into hunting and other activities as possible. Yeah, that's great stuff. I, I would certainly echo a lot of those sentiments and you know, really, I, I didn't get, we didn't get the full story on how you got into hunting and, and maybe I'll, I'll ask you that, but you know, coming at it from a very young age, it's just being involved in hunting from when you're nine, 10, 11 years old, you know, you got a lot of growing up to do between then and today. And so it's just thinking about how my perspectives have changed and like how I think about things differently today. It's, it's different than somebody I think that gets into hunting right now for maybe those motivations about connection to the outdoors and the food aspect. Whereas at a really young age, you know, it's, it's kind of just, it's all excitement or maybe it's family tradition. And, and I was, I was pulled in through those things, but now I've, I, you know, with every 
year that passes, I come to appreciate things just a little bit more and just realize the incredible opportunities that we have and wanting to share it like yourself, Mark. And I think that's, I think that's an important thing. And, and I certainly commend you for doing that, stepping out and creating the modern carnivore platform. Very cool. Was, was hunting, was it a, uh, were you brought into it through family, Mark? Oh yeah. So okay. sorry, I didn't answer that. No, no problem. <laughs> so, many, so many things. To, I probably to asked that. you like three questions in one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I mean, I grew up. I grew up probably similar to you, hunting and fishing. You know, I, I I've got some pictures that I've used in different things, like videos where you know I'm three years old on the yeah. dock at the cabin with the bamboo <laughs> rod or, or the cane pole with the uh, with the the uh, clip-on bobber, you know, catching sunnies with my dad. I've got another picture where I'm probably, I think I'm seven years old. I'm out in Lacoparo County hunting geese, and I've got a big Canada that's bigger than me, uh, practically, (laughs) that that I'm holding up with my dad. And so it was very much just a part of what my dad did, and he was my my mentor. And again, it was just sort of, this is what you do. Uh, it, it was our lifestyle. It was it was tradition, and it was it was something that that he and those around our family made very enjoyable. So it was exactly like you said, extremely exciting. When you got to go on that on that first deer hunt, on the first bird hunt, the first time yeah. you got to carry a gun with one shell in it, because that was all you were allowed. Those are milestones and moments of growing up that I wouldn't trade for anything. But it's also the problem um, that we have within the hunting community. And that is, for far too long, the general perception has been, if you didn't grow up with it, you can't start later. And that's Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to combat, is to tell people that is not the case. And so it doesn't matter where you come from, what you look like. If you are interested in getting out and hunting, we're going to help you do that. And we're going to knock down those barriers. And uh, and it is like you said, you know, when you're a kid and you grew up with it, you know, my son is 11 years old. Last year, we he, he was on his first duck hunt and he got two ducks. Uh, this year, we went on his first deer hunt uh, for the special youth deer hunt. Yep. Uh, we didn't see anything. But it was a wonderful time out in the woods, and he's taking to it really well. But the thing is with adults, and that is our, and that's one thing I guess I should clarify is you know the, our focus is purely on adults. We yeah. don't we don't do kid programs. Um, a lot of those have been done in the past, and they're they're wonderful for what they are. But the challenge and or the focus we're taking is that with adults. They have what I'll call the three M's. They got the motivation because they're self-selecting in. They've got the mobility because they can drive a car out to a WMA or whatever piece of land it is that they want to hunt. And they've got the money to invest in the gear. And and there's another, that leads into another challenge, which I'm combating a lot of times, which is it doesn't have to be expensive. Sure. To get started, you know, start simple. Uh, and eventually you'll, you'll want to get into the more expensive stuff. Like, uh, those of us who've hunted for years love buying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's inevitable uh, oftentimes, but yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to make that a barrier. No, absolutely. And I think that again is something that, that I, I want to keep beating this drum of us as the existing hunting community. 
we need to make sure that we don't make it a barrier. Let's 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 show the simple pathways to getting out there, and that's what we do in a lot of our content. Is is you know when it comes to upland bird hunting, you know I, I would I would argue that you could really have you know an orange vest and cap, a good shotgun, a, a handful of shells, and uh, a few other minor things, but you can get out there and and take a shot at uh, at trying to get an upland bird. Yeah, for sure, especially if we're talking about our home state of Minnesota, and we're not alone in this, but we talk about public land resources, where upland birds live, you know, we're very fortunate, and on top of that, it's the access, the WMAs, like you mentioned, the hunter walking trail specifically, we've got rough grouse management areas, as information becomes more and more available, it is possible for, like you said, somebody with the three M's, to go and I mean you can almost do this on your own and I think a lot of people have that tendency but then you inevitably hit these roadblocks where it's I, I've described it before actually where you know when you have no confidence you have limited experience and no confidence you find yourself in this situation where you every turn in the road is a place for you to question yourself and doubt right. yourself and basically stop and turn back that's where I think the mentors really come into play because they can guide you through all those little mini micro decisions that you have to make and press you through all that stuff. That's really, it's really meaningless, but to a new, to a new hunter, I think a lot of that stuff, it feels insurmountable a lot of the time. So true. It's really so true. And again, those are the things that what I'm trying to do is make sure there's that community support, whether it's next door or on your next session online uh, of supportive individuals who are going to help you talk through those challenges because yeah. they are, like you said, at every turn, there's going to be a challenge and you just need to put it in context. And I am so impressed by a lot of new hunters that do press through and are just so engaged and and tackle each one of those challenges and and knock them down and continue down the path and those are you know examples of the types of stories I love to continue to share out there as examples of what can be done yeah absolutely and those are those are the emails that I I was referring to earlier I mean I get that stuff and I got an email from a guy earlier this week or last week James, he went out and shot his first rough grouse in North Carolina, no less, which I know, you know, they certainly don't have the bird numbers that we do, but Mark, you know that going out and shooting a rough grouse isn't necessarily the easiest task in the world, but he went out and did it and he was, you know, I could, he sent me an email, so I'm reading this, but I could tell that James was excited and he sent me some pictures about how he was prepping it and cooking it. And it was, I mean, it was very, very cool. And I mean, that's one of the main reasons I do this podcast. When I get emails like that, that's motivation to turn on the mic and do the next one for sure. Those are those are the stories absolutely for those people who are current hunters. And if you haven't mentored yet, just try it once because yeah. I'll tell you, those are the things that exactly like you said, motivate you, me, and countless others who are mentoring already. When you hear those stories and that excitement, and you see that the switches flipped, the light bulb was turned on. Yeah. And to see that firsthand is so rewarding. Yeah. You know, another thing on that note, I'm impressed by the number of emails that we get. You know, with respect to upland hunting, there's this whole bird dog component, which they're they're certainly not required to get into upland hunting. And it's probably 
you know, if you haven't done it yet, you probably should not go get a bird dog first and then <laughs> try to upland hunt. Although we do, we do hear from people that they get a dog, not with the intention to hunt, but then they have kind of a hunting breed and that leads them into hunting. And I think that's a really cool pathway, but the, the amount of emails that I get where people say they got exposed to upland hunting through our work at project upland or, you know, any of the other countless informational resources out there. And, you know, it, fast forward a year down the road and now they've got a bird dog, they've got, a, you know, a new gun, new boots, all kinds of stuff. It, it, it just, it swallows them up. And I think that's, that's the exciting part about it. It is. And I think it is that fine line though, that balance of, if you like the idea of the lifestyle and, and everything from the hunting dog to the clothing, to the, the, uh, the shotgun, et cetera, that's wonderful if that keeps you engaged, but also don't feel like you have to do it. Right. And, uh, and the dog is definitely one of those things right now. I don't have a, I don't have a hunting dog. Um, and that's because our daughter who's nine years old is, is highly allergic and we're, we're okay. hoping and are trying different breeds, exposing her and in hopes that within the next six to 12 months, we can get another dog. Uh, but you don't have to have a dog. That's, that's right. one of the things, you know, it's an enjoyable, it's one of the most enjoyable parts of upland bird hunting. Uh, but it's not, not a, not a requirement. Yeah. It's absolutely getting my first bird dog six years ago, six plus years ago. Now it, it definitely, I was a very passionate upland hunter before that, but it has completely transformed the way I approach things and kind of the way I do it now. So it's, yeah, I can, I recognize that the uniqueness of adding bird dogs into the mix. Now, did you have dogs growing up? You mentioned waterfowling. Were there labs or anything involved in, in growing up? So when I was a kid, uh, a, a memory seared uh, into my brain was when I was uh, five and my dad came home from a hunt with a, what I thought was a big lion or something. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an English setter. And so... <laughs> And so that was my first exposure to hunting dogs. Cool. So I, we had we had that English setter growing up. Uh, I then, uh, when I was uh, in my early twenties, had a a lab German uh, short hair uh, mix that was actually surprisingly a, a very good dog. Um, and um, but but like I said, don't don't right now. And and you know we never had a hardcore. Um, hunting dog culture within my family and sure. let's say within my hunting groups it was like you had a dog you know we we had friends with dogs and and definitely you know goldens and and other breeds but it's it's fun to see a lot of the a lot of the dog culture that, and where it's gone in recent years yeah let's transition a little bit and i want to get into some specifics with modern carnivore and let's break down you've got the podcast you've got the website i there's articles there there's information so let's kind of parse out that piece of it quickly and then let's transition into the learning aspect of things sounds good so if somebody goes to is it moderncarnivore.com yep then go to moderncarnivore.com yep. okay so what are we going to find there so what you'll find there is, you know, that's sort of the central central platform, the landing, landing spot. And we've got a blog in there, uh, which has everything from a lot of different recipes. Uh, we've got Jamie Carlson, who used to have the, the blog, uh, You Have to Cook It Right, uh, about okay. two years ago. He brought yep. that over to Modern Carnivore. Um, Lucas Leaf, uh, who has been a chef with Modern Carnivore, working with Modern Carnivore for many years. Uh, and then a lot of other contributors. 
leaders uh, who do different things. You know, we're, we're talking about everything from philosophy of hunting and why somebody would want to get in to overcoming challenges to um, a lot of uh, a lot of different things of what what's a good first gun to get. If yeah. you had to buy one gun, what would it be? So there's a lot of, of content like that on there. Uh, we've also got. Uh, different uh, films that are that are shown on there. Uh, the big one being one called "Awaken the Hunter Within," which is a seven-part short film we produced a few years ago, where we we followed three adults on their journey into the hunting world. We followed Pierce, Alex, and Becca, and everything from initial conversations I had with them to then connecting them into uh, the mentoring community going to the range for the first time with Ben Pena, then getting out small game hunting with Jamie. I took Pierce and Alex on their first bird hunt. We went uh, grouse hunting without a dog, because I didn't have a dog at that time still <laughs> either, and uh, and uh, woodcock hunting, and then uh, ultimately getting to a deer hunt and cool. then enjoying the results of that. Now, we've got a couple podcasts. Uh, we've got the Modern Carnivore podcast, which I host. We also yep. have the Outdoor Feast hosted by Todd Waldron out of New York. And um, and then links to the learning platform, uh, you know, a store with some stuff in there and yep. things like yep. that. So, yeah. Excellent. So if, if folks are in that information-seeking stage, that's that's the place to go, and you'll find it there, articles, films, podcasts. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one thing that's on there, too, that we launched a, a little while ago uh, as just a tool is a is a full U.S. map that links to every state's uh, firearm safety certification course. Got so it. if you're not familiar where to go, just go there. There's an interactive map. Map punch in your state or click on it, and it'll it'll take you directly to to those resources. All right. So transitioning now to the learning side of things, folks have gone on there. They've gathered their information. They're kind of ready to maybe take that next step and get involved with one of these programs courses let's let's outline that stuff what what options are there mark and what does it look like sure so we earlier this year launched our learning platform called hunting camp live okay. uh, you can link off of modern carnivore or you just go to huntingcamp.live and what that is is a learning centric platform or portal for anyone who is new to hunting this last spring, we kicked it off with a turkey hunting uh, course, uh, Learn to Hunt Turkeys. Uh, and then this fall, we've put a big emphasis on upland bird hunting. And so we launched the, what I would call sort of a signature course uh, that is six different lessons with multiple lectures within each one of those lessons. And each one of those is video-based. Uh, we have downloadable guides uh, for every lesson, and that'll that'll really help take somebody from zero to to competent and ready to to really get out there. I was really hoping you were going to say zero to hero, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm a marketer, but I but I won't go that cheesy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as as we know, uh, an online course is probably not going to take you to upland hunting hero. But moving the needle from zero is the most important part. No, exactly. And and it won't. And that and that is where like you said, you know, integral elements within within here would include uh you get access to the online community. We've got currently four dozen online 
volunteer outdoor mentors. Cool. And these are experienced hunters who I have personally hand-selected because I know where their head and their heart is at when it comes to new hunters. Yep. Here's one of the challenges we've had in the past is is people who've hunted for years uh, have somebody new come along and they're like, hey, I'm curious about hunting. And they take them under their wing and they say, okay, here's, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to go out, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and then you're going to have a lot of fun and it's going to be the best thing you ever did and you're going to become a hunter. Let's go do it. <laughs> yeah. And um, that doesn't work surprisingly. And so our process and what each one of these outdoor mentors does is starts by asking the individual questions. Hey, what's your interest in hunting? Where does it originate from? Why do you want to do it? How do you think you could really take the next step and let me help you in that process? And and that comes down to, you know, sometimes people are um, wanting to just try it out and get out in the woods or out in a field and observe the process, they may not want to even pull the trigger. Yeah. And that's a good example of where you need to be respectful of that and not have a perspective of an experienced hunter that is, hey, we've got a bag of bird today for this to be a success. And so, again, within learning what how the process of work is, is you get really – each one of these videos, and there's dozens of them in there, and you'll see the titles, you'll see the duration, you'll know exactly what it is. It's it's here's here's what upland birds are all about. Here's how to consider navigation and safety. Here's what to consider when it comes to equipment. Here's how to prepare your bird in the field. Here's how to cook. Uh, all of those types of topics, and then going into the private community and having conversations with those outdoor mentors who are going to say. Somebody's going to come in and say, okay, I think I get this, but what is the difference between a 12-gauge and a 20-gauge? No. I'm hearing everybody talk about side-by-sides. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, those types of things. And again, respecting every person's background, where they come from. Yeah. And there's no dumb questions in this community. Um, and that's, again, another one of the challenges that I'm trying to overcome is too much um, – of, a, of an attitude within the existing hunting community of, well, why don't you know that? Well, you know what? Within this community, everything is fair game. Yeah. One scroll through Facebook will uh, will prove why you need to address that within modern carnivore, Mark. And I know you know that. It's, it's really, it's an interesting, I can see how pe- folks would arrive at the conclusion, you know, I'm going to take somebody hunting, we're going to go and we're going to do it my way because that's what they're familiar with. And I think that's, the focus on R3 is there because I think we're all realizing that there's a lot of, there's so much nuance and there's so much variety in hunting and what people's motivations are, especially somebody, again, like we talked about the contrasting, you and I being brought up into it one way, whereas an adult making a decision to get into hunting is a, is a totally, it can be a totally different thing, I should say. But within hunting, there's such a spectrum of how, each one of us can really make hunting be what we want it to be, you know, with a certain kind of dog or a certain kind of gun and hunting in a certain kind of way. I mean, it would be naive to think that everybody's going to do it that way. And I think that's the point that, that you're trying to make. And I think is an important thing when somebody else is coming into it is we need to consider where their inspirations are, what their motivations are, and then how do we, how do we tailor the hunt to suit that stuff? No, absolutely. I mean, 
there's just innumerable ways of of how somebody can get into hunting you know and again the only thing i would say is common and i guess there are certain common things one of them that is important is the food side of it and that's that's why we call modern carnivore what we call it which is hey if you like getting animal protein into your into your body as a healthy way to to move forward uh there's no better way than hunting so how has the upland hunting course gone have you had people go through it are you getting feedback what's the response on it so far yeah the the response has been really positive you know it's it's one of those things we're early stages of it and and we're and we're still in the process of pushing out the final lessons uh but it's been great to hear people's perspectives on how really feeding out in small bites the ability to learn something at your own pace in your home or wherever you're at is something that hasn't been done before. You know, there's there's online courses like I said we have the the uh, interactive map on the on the website to find your firearm safety certification, but that's very much focused on whether it's uh, legal compliance and or specific to firearm safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we're talking about with this is really getting somebody comfortable with the idea of starting to hunt. And that's a much larger conversation. And so that's where we get into, again, what's the philosophy? We have have a lesson within the course, which we'll be pushing out here in the next uh, probably seven to 10 days, which is purely about ethics, and I sit down with my friend Rob Johnson, who's uh, a uh, a volunteer board member for the Ramsey County Chapter of Pheasants Forever, and he and I just talk about the ethics of hunting and what's what are the considerations. And this is stuff that's not always easy to talk about, right. and and it isn't also a black and white legal issue. It's mm-hmm. just how and why do we do what we do in the right way. And so those are the types of things that, that we address in the, in, the, in the platform. Yeah, definitely. Mark, what can you tell me about, I know as hunter numbers have declined and there's been this much increased focus on recruitment, retention, and reactivation, specifically with regards to recruitment, the firearm safety thing and that being a barrier to entry, you know, it used to be this very, when I went through it, um, which wasn't all that long ago, but you know, 20 some years ago you had to go. And I don't remember how long the course was, but I know I was at a physical location taking this course. I don't know if it was weeks or days. I, I don't even recall, but I know that that is not the case anymore. Now, a lot of States are transitioning to, you can take the course pretty much online and then you used to have to go do a field test i don't even know if you have to do that anymore i think in minnesota a lot of folks are doing an apprenticeship thing where somebody that hasn't hunted before and this is really i think aimed at you know adults where you know they can listen to another hunter mentor take instruction and safely learn how to handle a firearm what can you tell us about firearm safety and where we're at with it in 2020 yeah, you're right. It's it's definitely transitioned some. I think it probably needs to transition more. Okay. It, it does vary because regulations are at the state level. We've got 50 different versions right. uh, of, of that out there. Now, I believe at this point, all 50 states do have 
uh, online firearm safety certification programming. And those are primarily delivered through about three different companies who are the vendors to the states for, for delivering those. Uh, and I believe they're anywhere from, you know, eight to 12 hours of online learning. Um, it's fairly, the, the, the feedback for most people is it's, it, it can be fairly tedious. Um, but again, at least we're putting those, we have those in place where, you're able to do that at your own pace, at your own time, uh, but in a standardized way that's going to ensure people have common understanding of what the laws are and how to safely handle a firearm. It has been wonderful to see the apprentice hunter programs that that are springing up. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, we have it here in Minnesota, and it does allow, I believe it's for two seasons, somebody to go out with a mentor who is uh, in close proximity to them and really try hunting uh, without having a firearm safety certificate. And I think that is a wonderful way to do it, to, again, at least push that requirement out a bit till somebody gets comfortable with the idea of hunting, but also making sure that they've got a mentor to, to keep them safe. And so it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to, to figure out. And I think we're making progress, but I think we need to continually push the envelope and try new things to, to minimize those barriers and give people the wherewithal to, uh, to get out and try it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unique in that Firearm safety is arguably the most important thing when it comes to hunting, specifically with a gun. But of course, you know, even with our archery, you know, compound bows and crossbows, I mean, that's safety is the number one priority. And, and that's why the regulations were the way that they were. But then we have this precipitous decline in hunter numbers and states and agencies and companies like Modern Carnivore and Project Upland were looking for ways to get people activated and recruited. And, removing some of those barriers allowing somebody to get into the field and try it in a in a way that is still considered you know reasonably safe that's that's what we're all trying to really wrap our heads around but it is it is good to see because i know a number of people that have got their first taste of hunting through that apprenticeship program and it they are now hunters so you can see the success happening and and that's really cool yeah exactly and that i think that is the key is how do we how do we either eliminate barriers if yep. they're frivolous or like you said uh safety paramount importance number yep. one yep. how do we just how do we either move it out in a safe way like through the apprentice program or, or figure out new ways to do it yeah jumping back to the upland course a little bit I, i'm curious about the the application geographically i is this a meant to be a universal upland hunting course? And do you have folks enrolling from all around the country? How does that, how does that shake out? I mean, what kinds of upland hunting are talked about in the course and how do you go about that? <laughs> really good question. I actually have a little funny story relative to that. Uh, it just happened yesterday. So this platform is meant to be universal and not geographic specific. Uh, in this course, we talk about woodcock, pheasant, morning dove, quail, grouse, rough grouse, etc. So literally any any area of the country you live, you would be able to find one of those upland birds. Um, we'll also be, you know, rolling out other courses in the near future uh, focused on small game and other things like that. Sure. Again, not wanting to get 
geographic specific because then then you just limit the opportunity. We need to get everybody we can out hunting regardless of where they live. And to that point, I, I just got an email yesterday morning from a woman in France who wow. she's an independent writer and she said and she said she has been tasked with writing a feature story on hunting camp live for the leading national outdoor uh, magazine that wow. uh, and wants to interview me and, and so I can't wait to talk to her to find right. out how did you find out or how did the magazine find out about Hunting Camp Live? Yeah, that's really cool. Are you seeing folks enrolling and participating in the modern carnivore platforms from a pretty wide geograph? I mean, obviously the France thing is is an example of that, but has that been uh, been the norm for you? Yeah. France isn't the norm, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, absolutely, you know it. It is um, again. We've got people from uh, South Carolina, from Texas, California, uh, New Mexico, a, a lot of different areas of, of the country who are tapping into it, and I see that just continuing to increase as we as we broaden the content and the discussions beyond wh- what it is now. And so again, very intentional in the way we do it, and we want to make sure that uh, that it is inclusive. That being said, there are there are definitely th- scenarios where, like as an example, you know, in in the the upland course. Uh, I, I actually go up. Um, I'm actually up in the Arrowhead region, up not too far from you, with sure. uh, a couple mutual friends with uh, Bailey Peterson and Lee Neitzel, oh, cool. yep. um, talking about navigation uh, as an example. And so these two women are uh, wildlife biologists and a forester. And so I wanted to have them come on and be part of the course to talk about navigation and safety because they're out in the woods every single day. And for a new hunter, I think they need to understand how they can and learn how they can get comfortable in situations that they're not too familiar with. You know, we've got a lot of people that are in urban centers uh, that are tapping into this. Uh, you know, the same with, I know with with Project Upland, you guys have a lot of, of, of people who live in urban areas yeah. that don't have a lot of background in getting out into wild spaces. And so we need to keep that in mind. I think those of us who've lived in the outdoors all our lives sometimes forget some of those basic challenges that you may have. And so we need to make sure that we focus on that and get get those people comfortable with a lot of the basics. Yeah, very cool. I was just in the woods with Bailey Peterson yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys uh did you guys uh get get any birds? We or did. Were... We we had a we had a nice walk. It's it was almost an anomaly here. I didn't bring up the weather on this podcast. I just can't help myself as a as a Minnesotan <laughs> mark. But we were out yesterday and it was 72 degrees, which is pretty crazy for hunting grouse in November. But we, as you and I were talking about, we got all this weird snow, and I've, I've lamented about it on the podcast. And that's now gone, and now the conditions are good. So it was it was warm. It wasn't ideal for grouse hunting, but I was not complaining because anytime you can grouse hunt in November with no snow on the ground, I consider that a bonus. And we uh, I got to see Bailey's. English setter from uh, Paint River Paint River Llewellyn's. Well, I shouldn't say English setter. It's a Paint River Llewellyn uh, hatchet for the first time, and I I shot a couple birds over that dog, so it was really fun. And and going for a walk in the woods with Bailey is a good time. She's it's I like being with those kinds of people that again get to spend more time out there than than you or myself, Mark. But I'm uh, I'm always tuned in and and seeing what we can learn, and we walk some good cover, so it was fun. 
Yeah, no, it's it's so great. You and I get to talk about it a lot. Yeah. Somebody yeah. like Bailey gets to live it every day. Exactly. <laughs> yep, yep, that's for sure. That's very cool. And, you know, on the navigation piece, certainly the tools and technology available to help new hunters with navigation have, have much improved over what, you know, they once were. But it's no less you can't take it any less serious because you have to understand how to use those tools and that navigation. And when you bring technology into the conversation, we need to talk about, okay, if technology fails, what's our fail safe plan. And that's, that's a big deal for walking new hunters through that. I would imagine. Absolutely. You know, we, we talked very much about redundancy yeah. and, uh, and that's something for, you know, somebody like me who, who grew up without that technology a lot. Right. Um, I love everything that's out there. Uh, you know, I know you guys talk about Onyx and others yep. a lot, and and there are so many amazing technologies out there. They're great to use, but also make sure you've got you've got those tried and true backup systems. And I personally, while I love using the interactive maps, I also I, I love printed maps. I, yeah. I like the ability to to just throw it out on the on the hood of the truck. Look over it, pour over it, look at notes I maybe made from previous years, um, and things like that. So it's uh, that is important. So as you are bringing these new hunters in, they're going through the courses. We talked a little bit earlier about you know their motivations and their inspirations, and I think we've danced around some of the barriers from our perspective. But Mark, what are what do you hear from folks as far as what are the challenges? What are the roadblocks that they had dealt with in the past and then modern carnivore is helping them get over what are the what are the big things that you see as as barriers to entry for new hunters yeah i mean there's it's a long list uh un, unfortunately yeah and i'll just I'll, I'll i'll wade into some of the controversial or difficult ones uh you know and that is you know, firearms. Uh, firearms are are an issue that, unfortunately, is a, is a polarizing issue these days, and uh, and I think we've got enough wonderful people in this space. You know, as an example, so I I just did an event. Uh, I'm in the process of of, of pu- pushing this out on a, an event with Andrew Zimmern, uh, uh-huh. where he and I met up and talked about wild game. And if you recall his show Bizarre Foods, the Zimmern List, and other things, you know he was very much focused on this this pop culture, you know, obsession with talking about food and, and a lot of different things. But also there was an element of these cultures that he would visit around, you know, foraging and hunting and fishing. And so we focused on that. And, you know, I think he he was pretty open in this conversation talking about his political views, which are pretty left-leaning. But he said, you know, people are surprised when they realize I love my guns. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's an example of the types of conversations I like having, which is, you know, hey, this let's not let these caricatures of, of political ideology – cloud what the reality is of good things like hunting you can you can have different views and it's not just these these uh these caricatures or memes that are out there of the elmer fudd hunter or the redneck hunter or the ultra liberal anti-gun person which i think dominates so much the conversation so that's one of them and so i i look at it in terms of of how do we how do we 
not glorify the gun aspect, but make sure people understand that it is a wonderful tool. And like with upland hunting, as you know, my gosh, <laughs> works of art. Yes, I was, I was just out the other day shooting my grandfather's old, it's, it's not a fancy side-by-side, it's an old Remington, but it's actually a Damascus barrel, a very oh, wow. old yep. gun. And, um, and that was that was a lot of fun to to shoot, but you know there's other issues to be honest, which is you know we're we're pretty you know you and I are are the tip grew up in the typical hunting yes profile and the easy way in I always refer to <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so that's where I'll, I'll be honest like I mentioned earlier uh, my friend Rob Johnson we had this conversation on ethics Rob's uh, he's he's Black American he's he's African American and and um, and so we talk about that in the course and how. How there needs to be more diversity, whether it's different genders, whether it's different ethnicities, whether it's where you live, yeah. any number of factors. And so that is why we say, you know, the mission of Modern Carnivore is to invite anyone and everyone in and respect your backgrounds, wherever you come from, and make sure we're just focused on the right things, which is, you know, ethical uh, sourcing of, of food and its enjoyment of the outdoors and uh, and a lot of things that can be common to everyone. Uh, and so that's one of the things I think we need to work on as a, as a hunting community is being more inclusive, welcoming everyone in, and make sure that uh, that they understand how how we uh, how we love love to get out in the outdoors and and hunt. Yeah, there is a lot to share, and I think anyone expressing interest in those things and wanting to learn more, I mean, we should. We should take that to heart. And again, for folks like you and myself, Mark, that have had the easy way in, I mean, let's, it's, it's not always easy to not take things for granted, but now more than ever, we got to not take that for granted and, uh, and share what we have come to know and love. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mark. Well, if somebody is hearing this and they are, they're a newer hunter, they want to, they want to learn more information. What would you encourage them to do? as a first step, go to modern carnivore, anything you would tell them to look at first, or if they are gung ho and want to jump into the course, what should they do? Where should they go? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, you can go to modern carnivore, which is either modcarn.com or moderncarnivore.com. Okay. And that's probably the good place to start, to be honest. And there's links in there to the learning platform. There's links to the film. There's links to the podcast. And that would be the place to go. And if you're interested in, trying the course out. I mean, you could go directly to huntingcamp.live and you can actually sign up and take the first lesson for free and see all of the videos within there and get an idea for what the course is going to be about and determine if you, if you want to really participate. So that's what I would recommend. Cool. And I, and you mentioned the awaken the hunter within, I think that might be a, might be a good jump off point for folks too. So I'll make sure to grab that link and, and put that in the show notes. Yeah, please put it in there. You know, if if they want to go there, it's modcarn.com forward slash awaken. But uh, yeah, if you could put the link out there, I think people would enjoy it. Cool. Well, Mark, I, I want to thank you very much for coming on to the Project Upland podcast, sharing a little bit about your background and the things that you're doing at Modern Carnivore. I appreciate it. I wish you the best of success. And, uh, you know, if there's any way that I can help or Project Upland can help you with the Modern Carnivore platform, I think we would be we would be all ears anytime. So thank you for doing that. And 
Good luck at deer camp this weekend. What what's uh what's the goal? Are you gonna shoot the first thing you see with antlers? You gotta you gotta trim down the antlerless herd. What are you looking at? <laughs> you know, I haven't even had a chance to think about it yet. I don't okay. even have my stand up. My <laughs> guess is I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a spot. I got I got a nice uh, seven pointer last year, okay. and I'm gonna go into up into that same area, and um, we'll we'll play it by ear because I've still got a fair amount of venison in the freezer from uh, from last fall. But um, I'd I'd like to see one of those big guys like have been lurking around the neighborhood here the excitement of the big buck on opener that uh that gets a lot of people in the stands yeah absolutely well i appreciate <laughs> it nick and let's uh let's you and i get out in the grouse woods here soon too absolutely i'm i'm game let's keep in touch mark i look forward to uh continuing the relationship and uh take care have a great rest of the fall okay thanks so much you too all right see you mark Thanks for tuning in to the Project Upland Podcast. Quick reminder that this episode was brought to you by Onyx Hunt, Yukonuba Premium Performance Dog Food, CZ USA Shotguns, Gumleaf USA, Dogtra Collars, ESP Hearing Protection, Trinity Kennels, and Dakota 283 Kennels. Don't forget to visit projectupland.com to read, watch, and listen to more great upland hunting content. And please, if you enjoyed this episode of the show, leave the podcast a rating and a review that really helps us out and it helps more people find the show. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Project Up the Podcast. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app. Join millions of other hunters who trust Onyx Hunt to find more game, discover new access, and hunt smarter. Onyx Hunt shows you nationwide public and private land boundaries. They've got topographic and 3D maps. You can track your route, location, and elevation profile. You can save maps for offline use and take Onyx Hunt with you wherever you go. The most comprehensive hunting tool you'll own Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your next Onyx Hunt subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. Hey everyone, this is Nick from the Gundog It Yourself podcast. If you enjoyed this show, then you might want to check out my show as well. We highlight and break down the ins and outs of training your own hunting dog. Whether it's a bird dog or even the occasional hound dog episode, we cover all topics related to hunting dogs. Check out Gundog It Yourself on any podcast streaming platform and hit the subscribe button to be sure not to miss any future episodes.